0: Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that usually takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. But this is a special Labor Day weekend edition where we're going to talk about the trade war because that may affect labor more than anything else over the coming months. I'm Dan Primack, and I'm joined by Steve Levine, Axios' future editor who, beginning Monday, will be expanding his future newsletter to five days per week. So, Steve, you've been arguing in your newsletter and on the site that our trade fight with China
1: is going to be a long one. What's the main reason why? What's going on is that we have two very hard-headed leaders, Trump and Xi Jinping, the leader of China, who have domestic audiences to attend to. Trump, when he's lashing out at American trade partners and the terrible trade deals that his... Predecessors have consummated. He is talking to his base. He's not talking to economists and labor historians. And the same with Xi Jinping. At home, he has history on his mind. What does that mean? That's a, a good question. Chinese are obsessed with the Opium Wars. These are two. That's going back a ways. Yes, this goes back to the the early and the mid part of the 19th century. The British forced China to open up and trade with the West under Western terms and not incidentally addicted uh, a large part of the Chinese population to opium. And they call the 19th century, the century of humiliation. And a lot of what China is doing now, it's foreign policy, it's attitude toward the West stems from that. We're going to bounce back from that. It's not exactly retribution, but it's more like that ain't happening again. And so when Trump is out there, chest out with his finger poking in China's chest, that's where Xi Jinping is coming from. He's not going to be pushed around. He's not going to agree to a deal that to the Chinese audience looks like Trump won. But he
0: also doesn't have to run for re-election in two years. Trump does. I mean, is there a way out for Trump here that he can save face with his base, but also get this thing wrapped up? Because he's got political
1: considerations that China doesn't. The betting money, and I think it's correct that nothing happens before the midterms. Trump is famous for declaring victory when there hasn't been one. There's a case to be made that Xi Jinping does not want this trade war to go on forever. In my right that's partially
0: because his popularity, even though he doesn't have to run a, a traditional campaign, his popularity is partially
1: because of the rise of the middle class in China, economic success. Right. It's it's sort of a misnomer. He It's true that he doesn't have to run again, but it's also important he has to keep the confidence of, of the other politicians around him and of, of the Chinese people. And the worst thing is you can't be humiliated. His credibility will plummet if that happens. So you could see him climbing down a little bit, and you could also see Trump grabbing onto something and declaring victory. But those are two theoretical points. What we've instead seen, we've seen Trump doubling tripling and quadrupling down on the conflict with China. So there's no sign of Trump backing down. And that's why really the smart people who I've been talking to think that this war, the trade war could go on for a year or more. Speaking of those smart people, there's kind of two ways that that
0: can go on for a year or more. One, status quo. In other words, basically China has already threatened basically to put tariffs on almost everything they import from the US. There's not much more they can put tariffs on in terms of types of products. Trump is basically getting there too in his threats. So either things could maintain the status quo for a long time, or as you talk about doubling down, tariffs can rise, right? You know, when you talk about a 15% tariff, that can become 20 or 25 or 30 or 35. Which way do you see it going? Is it this kind of uncomfortable stasis of where we are apparently about to be? Or are we going to see much higher tariffs? Because that seems to be
1: where actual economic pain for both countries could start to come into play. Yeah, that's such a good point. So Trump, the base case we know right now is Trump has stated what his game is, that he's going to ramp up to slapping tariffs on half of Chinese exports to the United States. So that adds up to $250 billion, which is five times the current rate. But we've also seen that when someone angers him, he does sort of say, okay, well it was ten percent, now it's twenty percent, and uh, unilaterally does that. I guess if you asked me what I think is going to happen, I don't see I'm gonna tr- ask you that Steve, what do you think is gonna happen? <laughs> okay. I see Trump not backing down and using China as a cudgel for the next year for maybe longer. It's a winning target for him. It's a winning target with the base.
0: Steve, we've been talking the politics and the economics. Let me ask one final question to you, which is the foreign relations piece of this, which is the relations with China, the trade talks with China are not completely divorced with what's happening in North Korea. In fact, you had Trump tweeting a couple days ago, I guess, that China's not helping us much with North Korea like he wanted them to. How tied do you think those two things are? In other words, if China gets more involved with North Korea, Trump lightens off or the more Trump lays on China, the less likely the Chinese are to help him. In other words, are these things really linked, or is it just something somebody like me on the
1: outside fuses being linked? It depends how much Trump realizes that he miscalculated on North Korea. North Korea is not going to give up its nuclear weapons. There is not a scenario where that happens. And so if Trump winning, if him declaring a victory is... Kim gives up nuclear weapons, that's not going to happen. And so in the China calculus, if he understands that piece, then he's not going to let China off the trade hook by pushing harder on Kim when he knows that doesn't result in that outcome that he's seeking, if that makes sense. Steve last
0: thing, we're, we're going to Labor Day, and we have not yet seen large economic impacts from the trade war, at least not hourly. You know there's been stories like that Missouri Nail Company that had to lay people off, but in general, we haven't yet seen big you know, layoffs or even big increases in consumer prices for goods yet. Is that going to change if we really have a one-year trade war with China? Is that going to change, or is the economy robust enough that
1: can kind of take this as a bit of a blip? Which is obviously the Trump argument. So economists say that both China and the U.S. are going to suffer a slight downtick in GDP growth. That means half of 1%. And that's at the maximum trade tariffs that Trump is threatening, $250 billion. However... Prices that Americans pay for their stuff will go up. A lot of the stuff that we buy is made in China, but there is going to be suffering there. The farmers in the Midwest, companies that assemble steel and aluminum goods, all of those goods, the price of those goods are going to go up and those industries are going to suffer job losses. So we are going to see we're going to see news headlines next
0: year on this. Steve, maybe we'll have this conversation again. We'll do another holiday edition. We'll do this around uh, the Christmas season and and see if the price of goods, uh, particularly big consumer items, have gone up. To everybody, big thanks for listening. And thank you to my producers, Adam Gracia and Tim Shovers. Be sure to follow us all day at Axios.com and sign up for both Steve's new future five-day-a-week newsletter and my ProRata newsletter at signup.axios.com. Have a great Labor Day, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another ProRata podcast.